Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey, Dave Hodges here, host of the Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a privilege and a pleasure to come before you. And uh, we need to ask you a favor. Do the country a favor. Share these broadcasts, which are digital, far and wide. We are certainly the victims of, well, a little whitewashing from the other side. And so uh, because they're trying to block us from waking up the uh, people who are currently choosing to be asleep, uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, you can undo that. So please share these broadcasts. We have a special guest today. Paul Preston of Agenda 21 Radio, and he's the president of the New California Movement, and he's going to have his fingers, I think, in my pie here in Arizona, and we're going to get into a lot of that, and we'll talk about the latest. With Liz Harris, there has been um, an interesting development, so I'll I'll hit you with that, but before we join, Paul, I need to do a little bit of business. Uh, Right now, uh, 18,000 cows dead. Uh, you have food processing plants being destroyed. Even Tucker Carlson's talking about it now. Ladies and gentlemen, they're choking off the food supply, both from ownership and sabotage. And you need to take uh, corrective action. And when the war starts, the grid will go down. So then you got another problem. How are you going to get water? So let's package these two together. Okay? Um, the manufacturer is the same. We have the Alexa Pure Pro water filter. It's number one in the industry. We'll publish the results for you on the website, waterwithdave.com, along with a discount. And the food, well, it's restaurant quality, 25-year shelf life, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, 2,000 calories per day. And they, too, have not raised their prices. And My Patriot Supply has, indeed, kept the price stable, and they are also offering specials. This takes care of your two biggest needs, because I believe that the Biden communists are moving towards shutting off food and water access so they can better control you. Let's get outside the system. Go to foodwithdave.com and waterwithdave.com. That's foodwithdave.com and waterwithdave.com. And just a quick note, embedded into this uh, broadcast, you're going to hear an ad for Noble Gold. I can't tell you how important it is for you to get away from the dollar and get as much money out of your bank and get it properly invested. And uh, that is a key. So make sure you pay attention to that, too. Well, Paul Preston's here. And uh, Paul and I have been talking a little bit about Liz Harris, who was expelled for the crime of trying to have a guest speaker to the legislature's select committee on election integrity, they, she dared to say, we have some corrupt politicians in Arizona. So this report went into great detail, 120,000 pages in total. I've read a good portion of it. It's scary how far it goes. And they said, yeah, you may not have broken any laws, but you're fired. Well, one thing I want to throw out for Paul's consumption and your consumption the Maricopa County Republicans have come out in a three to one ratio vote, said that the legislature violated protocol, should not have done what they did. They disenfranchised almost 50,000 voters in Legislative District 13 by removing Liz. And in addition, um, they've basically shown that you can give in to the Democrats and be a bunch of bullies and circumvent the will of the people. And I would add to this, and also, 
they're protecting their own from the crimes and high treason that they're involved in. It's everybody from Doug Ducey to the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors to Sheriff Paul Penzone and his role in the election codes. And uh, Katie Hobbit was named as uh, uh, receiving $500,000 of uh, laundered money from the Sinaloas. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then the documentation solid. I've seen the affidavits. And uh, Adrian Fontes, who Paul can talk about, uh, he's a criminal too. Uh, he, he, in my opinion, he, by the way, he represented the cartel people who killed uh, Border Patrol agent Brian Terry. And that uh, led to the discovery of the Fast and Furious uh, scandal. Fontes is deep into dealing with these people, and Paul knows all about that. In fact, actually, Paul really illuminated me on how far it goes. So, Paul, that's the latest. Liz and I are speaking to the Arizona Tea Party. I, I was originally scheduled to speak alone, and I've been in contact with Liz, and I said, Liz, your story is too important. Let's let's do a joint presentation, and so we're going to be working on that. So, anyway, Paul, welcome to the show. Well, Dave, thanks for having me. Wonderful to be here. Okay, can you give me just a little more volume on your end, just a tad? How's that? Is that better? Much better, thank you. Yeah, okay. Okay, all right. So I'm really glad you're here. You've done yeoman work. You've recognized in California the communists are in charge. They're traitors to the Constitution, to the Republic. They hate the American people. Uh, They're immoral as hell. You could even classify a lot of them as satanic. And you've been trying to separate California into two separate states for a number of years. First of all, let's talk about how's that going. Well, it's going quite well. Um, Actually, since I think the last time I was on, uh, we were staring down the pipe at the 10th Constitutional Convention in uh, January, and which we did have, and uh, we had Laura Logan on. She was the uh, one who really focused a lot of our attention on what's going on at the border, the slave trading that goes on at the border, Thank which you. is really what we're seeing here. This is actual slave trading, folks. And um, anybody, you can't put it any other way. Uh, the, we are the largest slave trading com- uh, country in the world. Thanks to Joe Biden. Thanks to other people and many Republicans, by the way, who are buying into it. There's lots of money to be made in uh, the trafficking of little girls and little boys and even babies for sexual reasons for some of these perverts in the Democratic Party. Um, that's kind of the way it is. There's billions upon billions of dollars. And so when you buy, the bottom line is when you buy and sell a human being, it's called slaving. Yeah. And this goes on by the thousands now uh, at the border. And the, the, of course, who's gaining benefit are a lot of your NGOs and nonprofits, and uh, certainly a lot of government officials. That leads to, of course, money laundering and a whole other range of things. So things are starting to unravel out here in California for a lot of reasons. And uh, we, of course, in the new California state movement, stand absolutely opposed to any of this. And that's why in our 10th constitutional convention with Laura Logan, it was just a, a barn burner. Now we've moved on uh, to Congress, and uh, we've actually sent delegates to Congress uh, on behalf of the 51st state, New California state, and we've delivered our paperwork to Senator McCarthy, and uh, we have other things planned, but I can't really talk about some of the details, but we are sending more delegates, so that'll be this month and next month. Yeah, I, I know you can't, but let me see if I can't connect a dot here that maybe you can comment on, and it's this. Marjorie Taylor Greene, about five or six weeks ago, made a very curious comment without a lot of uh, um, rhetoric behind it. She said, it might be time for a divorce in America. Now, I know I'm paraphrasing, but that's effectively what she said. Could that be in reference to what you're doing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I met uh, Margie Taylor Greene. I have a great picture. I spent about 30 minutes talking to her um, at the Moment of Truth conference uh, back in Missouri, and I think that was in August. And, uh, you know, I told her who I was and what we were doing and stuff, and she'd heard about it. Uh, but uh, I think that what she's talking about is some people, when they are first introduced to the statehood process, they don't, they're kind of awkward and they don't know what to say and what the language should be. Mm-hmm. I'm having a radio talk show host on my show tomorrow who's made the similar statements, and um, somebody was complaining, one of his listeners was complaining that he didn't know what he was talking about. You need to talk to Paul Press <laughs> to find out what it's like when you split a state. So they did. What, what, <laughs> so, what hour are you having him on? Uh, 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. I, I think I know who that person is. Yeah, he wants a national divorce. Anyway, <laughs> interesting conversation uh, okay. because there's so many bad words that are associated with it, like the word secessionist. 
Yeah. And that is actually a bad word if you're uh, talking about it, being a secessionist because the government views you as a terrorist. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people don't know that. But um, we don't use that word, of course. We don't use the word secessionist. It was a word that, came, that was invented in 1850, actually, uh, with a great compromise, which brought California in as a state to the Union because the southern states did not want a free state out of California. They wanted a slave state. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Now, here we come, New California, and we're trying to shed the, the notion of a slave state, which is what California has already become, just like the nation. But uh, anyway, so a lot of people feel a little awkward, I think, about the uh, term, the terminology, and I think that's probably what, uh, in the case of Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, she didn't quite have her words down. And we're trying to train people in Congress right now, Dave, in what is the vernacular, what it, uh, what are the words that you use when you're talking about a state split, such as what we're doing. So I applaud her for the notion. The other guy I'm not too sure of, I think he's just, uh, I don't know if he wants to play on the hype and hysteria, but we're not trying to secede from the union. No, California is, and we're trying to stop that, actually. They're the ones actually trying to secede to create a new nation. That's I, not... I, I covered that extensively several years ago. Yep. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you you and, and myself and other people were talking about it. It's obvious they want to become their own nation. That started with Jerry. Well, it started a long time ago, but Jerry Brown really thought he was El Presidente of California. I was uh, driving that one home. That was one of the things that started our whole rock and roll with New California was uh, the fact he wanted to create a new nation. And uh, with the help of China, of course, and the cartels, of course. (laughs) So here we have it today with New California on the verge of becoming the 51st state. And that's a fact. I say 12, uh, maybe 12 to 14 months will be a new state. That's amazing. Yeah. That's absolutely amazing. You know, I made a comment last night. I was uh, talking with my broadcast partner, Doug Thornton, former DHS uh, supervisor, and he, and I said, you know, if Paul's not successful, I said, only in my opinion, I said, he's never said this, but I said, only in my opinion, anyone who's going after any kind of movement to separate themselves from a communist uh, takeover of their state, I, I said, whether or not Congress or the president approves it, they should just do it. The county should just retain their own money, not pay it to the state. Right. And then form your own confederation. Have you ever had any discussions along those lines? Yeah, uh, we've, uh, well, you know, our whole objective in all this is to return autonomy back to the counties and have each one as an independent autonomous state, which is the way it usually is. I mean, that's the way it's supposed to be. Um, The state government should also not be... uh, a, a government in which you have centralized power, which in California, they went through the education system starting in the 70s, 80s, and 90s to really bring power in from the education system into one location from all the counties into uh, the Department of Education in Sacramento. And they did. And then the next step was, of course, to turn over uh, the rights of education to the federal government, which was, of course, raised to the top legislation. Schwarzenegger signed the bill that would bring about race to the top legislation, <clears throat> which required that the state uh, actually had to give up its 10th Amendment right to educate the children and turn it over to the federal government. That happened in 2018. Now we're 13 years into federal control, and look at what we have of education. Well, the uh, Department of Education uh, at the federal level is wholly unconstitutional. It's not a constitutional power. It's like it's like what Roe v. Wade ruled on when they said we can't make a decision on abortion because it's not a federally protected right. Well, neither, the the Department of Education is state mandated. It's not federally mandated. That's correct. And so they have a little, you know, as long as we are allowing this to go on, it's going to continue to go on. But you see, in the case of New California, we take that back. We also take back the idea that senators cannot be elected um, by way of their own county. State senators, now I'm referring to. Right now, you have, uh, in most of your legislatures, you have a, a unicameral situation. You don't have bicameralism, which means you have senators and uh, 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 representatives that are separated by different uh, bodies and, and equal, they are co-equal power sharing. 
that's not the case anymore because it used to be the senators would represent their sovereign state, you know, their sovereign county, which meant they represented everything within the county, such as Department of Education, Finance, um, county county supervisors, district attorneys, sheriffs, all the elements that make resources, you know, gold, silver, whatever you have, lumber, whatever you have, those were all encompassed by uh, this the county senator for every county. Uh, Reynolds versus Sims in 1964 did away with that and said that senators had to be representing people, people only. Well, you know, you had a House of Representatives in every state. They represented the people. Now, of course, you have senators representing people also, not the resources of the, of the rural areas in particular. So you can see there's no representation for rural areas. Um, we bring that back. We're, we're taking away, we're taking that back also. That's a Tenth Amendment, right? And we're taking that back. So we're getting two things, Department of Education and the right, the right, in other words, we're retrieving that right to educate our kids and we're retrieving the right to have a sovereign elected state senators. Uh, and right now when our configuration for New California is we actually assigned, uh, every county has a senator and that's our Senate. Uh, we have 56, we have 56 seats in, in our Senate for 56 counties that we have involved in uh, New California. You mean no gerrymandering? No, yeah, no. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> no. If you have that, one senator, there's no gerrymandering. The lines have already been established. What happens is that if you have the senators uh, as they are now, they're based upon population. We have 40 senators. We have approximately 40 million people. So you can see that to make up the distance, some of your counties have... We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts to help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they, in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. We already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water. With Dave.com, that's waterwithdave.com. Save $80 for a short time. Obviously, different amounts of people in them. Um, uh, Brian Daly, who ran for governor against Jerry Brown, or excuse me, for Gavin Newsom, uh, he represents, are you ready for this, 11 counties to make up that 1 million population. 11 counties, Dave. So in the whole of rural area of California, which is what we are, 90% of the landmass, you have seven senators representing that area. And the rest of the senators represent Sacramento, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. 
So 43 senators represent those areas. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. But we know how the um, communists took over in California. You know, California used to be the innovator for everything. If you want to know what's coming in the future, watch California. Well, that's still true. But now it's in a negative light. Absolutely. You want to watch what's happening in terms of communism and totalitarianism. Just watch what they're doing out here. Yeah, it's it's it's, tech, it's textbook, and of course you have so many players that are involved in it. The corruption is just obscene. To, to clean up California, like if it was a left to be in its own natural state, would take 150 years, easily, if it was to get back to normal again. How many illegal aliens are going to be able to vote in your next election? 100% of them, as far as I know. Yeah, that was the answer I was looking for, because that's what I, my understanding is that's exactly yeah. what it is, and that's not hyperbole. And uh, to me, it's just an absolute travesty that we're letting foreigners come in and participate in our system. By the way, you have a ex-California official that you're very familiar with who's preparing to steal about $18.6 billion from the American taxpayer in the form of funding DACA, free health care. Do you know about that? Javier Becerra. Javier Becerra, right. He's a, he's a real piece of work. He's a, um, a well-trained a Jesuit attorney. Uh, who became, who was a senator, or a senator member, excuse me, House of Representatives in 2004, he has a great distinction to have hired the Wan brothers. Remember the W. Wasserman Schultz situation? Oh, you mean the, the Bleacher guys? Bleacher guys, yeah. right. He hired them uh, to work in the House of Representatives under his tutelage back in 2004 and basically ran an espionage ring out of the House of Representatives uh, with the Awan brothers and Debbie Wasserman Schultz's help, uh, sending all types of information, top secret information, uh, back to um, Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Now the thing is, is that you know your members of the House of Representatives and other delegate representatives, uh, they don't have to have a security clearance. They they can sit on these uh, military uh, committees and listen to top secret information, get all the data pieces get all the notes, get everything that comes right from the Pentagon, no problem at all. They can uh, package it up and ship it off um, all day long, and there's no no repercussions to them. None. And it's interesting, Trevor Loudon is now making the tour, uh, which is good. Uh, Trevor Loudon is going to be at our convention. But um, When is that convention, Paul? That convention is December, or excuse me, is uh, May 10th, or 12th and 13th. Oh, my gosh. If I wasn't oh. committed out of state, I would come. Oh, Trevor Loudon's one of my favorites. He's right. just for the audience consumption, and I'm speaking from memory without my notes. But Trevor Loudon exposed Democratic representatives in Congress and also the Senate. Kamala Harris was one of them. Al Franken was another. These are names that come to my mind. But they were members of either the American Communist Party or front groups for the American Communist Party, and a lot of it's on tape. That's right. No, it's all proven. Uh, you know, and he's written additional books now. He's got a couple of books out about the communists in the Senate, the U.S. Senate. And, uh, talking, yeah, uh, you mean like um, Mitch McConnell? Yeah, Mitch McConnell, boy, isn't he? He doesn't even hide it. I mean, his in-laws control the six major ports in China, and he makes $25 million a year, which is why China's going to run over Taiwan, because he'll block anything to help Taiwan. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, I guess, you know, he's struggling because he got uh, something happened where he fell on his face in, in the Trump Hotel. Uh, or, or that's not Trump anymore. But uh, down there in Washington, D.C., I guess, I don't know, he's, he's a member of the Black Eye Club, I think. And uh, he may be stepping down. Talk about that Black Eye Club. I know what you mean. I don't think the audience does. Well, there's um, a group of uh, people running around. Um, and we know, I mean, you can almost figure it out what senators and what members of the House uh, and other government officials are, like presidents. I think um, I think George Bush the Younger uh, was a member of the Black Eye Club. This is what it is. Is it every once in a while, if you're not towing the line, uh, somebody comes along and corrects you, and they give you that big black eye. And uh, this is no joke. We, I think everybody has seen this. Uh, you got a whole whole bunch of members that have joined that club uh, just to stay in line. I think Kerry was one, and Bush was one, and now you have Mitch McConnell. 
and even Harry Reid. Remember Harry Reid? Oh, he had two. Yeah, yeah. I know Harry Reid. Uh, ultimate traitor. Assisted Hillary Clinton with extracting mm-hmm. uranium, nuclear grade uranium, to give to the Russians off BLM land. That Harry Reid. Uh, helping the Clinton Foundation, and that's what led to the Clive and Bundy stand stand down. That's right. Yep, uh, and, and we invited Clive and Bundy to come out and uh, speak out here in Yuba City, California, and uh, that set a lot of people off. And then, of course, the whole thing with Lavoy Finicum, which is up in Oregon, and uh, the Malheur, where you have a lot of thorium, a, a pretty interesting resource. Thorium. It's one of the. It is a clean radio radioact or radio. Um, nuclear energy which doesn't give off radioactivity and uh, that's pretty neat thorium is number 90 on the on the periodic table of the elements and um, there's people now proce- uh, processing it and attempting it to uh, turn it into nuclear reactors with uh, clean energy you know um since we're talking about, we brought up the Clinton Foundation extracting nuclear-grade uranium and giving it to the Russians, or selling it to the Russians, I should say. You know who delivered, I've got two documents to this, one from Russia and one from the State Department. You know who delivered the first batch? This is a quiz question. I I, I can't remember. I think I, I've, I've reported it, but I can't remember. Yeah, well, I know. We have so much that comes at us. I, I get these brain farts, too, Paul. So don't feel like the Lone Ranger. I'm right there. But, no, it was Mueller, the person who was heading up the Russia, Russia, Russia investigation and helped lead right. to the demise of General Flynn on total BS. And he was there on the tarmac delivering it to the Russians, we have the Rostov memo from Russia, and we have a State Department memo. And I can't believe this got leaked, but it's legitimate. If people, you want to research that, just simply go to thecommonsenseshow.com and use our search engine. I, I've left it up. Well, um, you know, here's here's the other. There's a picture of, of Mueller, uh, I believe, in the Ukraine. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's all part of the same operation. Yeah. 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 You're exactly right. And uh, I know we're digressing here because I want to come back to the election stuff in New California. But but uh, I reported in 2014 that uh, Devin Archer and Hunter Biden accompanied, and I know you know this story, Air Force Two, they were on Air Force Two, taking a pathological, biological sample of an unknown origin. And I didn't know then what I think I know now, which I'm pretty sure it was COVID. Um, and they developed the weaponization of this and uh, Hunter accompanied all this and what's interesting is you know the story tell tell the audience what happened to the crew of Air Force Two and uh, associated with this they're all dead yeah and uh, I, I don't want to reveal my source but they're all dead and uh, many of the surrounding uh, crew or secret or secret service people are dead uh, oddly enough they all committed suicide the same way with a gun and uh, it's you know it's very obvious that uh, no one wanted to find out where they had been because uh, they were the only people who could tell you where they had been. And our own Chris Street was tracking the aircraft at the time. We have a pretty good record of where they went. And Wuhan we Lab, my friend. Absolutely, yeah. uh, Wuhan Lab, and um, that whole mess, that whole thing was, as you said, uh, that's one of the reasons that they were doing the things that they were doing, especially with Anthony Fauci. They were also delivering rocket motors and uh, rocket uh, equipment, if you will, to North Korea. Mm-hmm. North Korea was buying several of the uh, rocket motors that were left over from old Soviet Union stocks. Remember, it was the, the Ukraine that uh, was basically the, the space center for Russia at the time. And they had built all the different rocket motors. We were buying them for NASA. Um, to use as uh, dependable rocket motors, but uh, this is yeah they, they they traveled all around the world Hunter Biden and and Joe Biden but mostly Hunter Biden it was like his own private jet. Oh, Air Force Two was his own private jet. There's no question. Yeah. Um, you know I, I don't know if I, we've ever talked about let's, this, but I have. Some, I'm sorry, Paul. Let, go ahead. Let's define this. Air Force Two is actually Air Force One, but when the vice president's on it, it's called Air Force Two. Exactly. It's the same 747. It's not a little luxury luxury Learjet or anything. <laughs> okay, I I get it. The um, I, I have a I don't know if I ever shared this with you or we ever talked about it, but it was early in 2016. 
Obama was still in office. This is now election year, and um, this is probably what eight, nine, ten months before the election. Obama brings in Ukrainian prosecutors, and I, and he did seminars at various locations, and he used various officials in his administrations from various departments. I have the entire list. I have their itinerary. I know the last leg of their trip to D.C. was through Frankfurt, Germany. And I know who gave the presentations and when they gave them. I published all this. It's on my website. And what the sum and substance was of this is these officials from the Obama administration were educating these Ukrainian prosecutors on how to prosecute Burisma and Rosemont Seneca without ensnaring American politicians or family members. Sure. Did you, yeah. you did you know that? Yeah. Yeah, I heard that, yeah. Yeah. I, I, from Dave Hodges. Well, I got it off a of script. Interesting enough, it was a government document on script. It's now scrubbed. Um, but uh, it's it's pathetic, and it happened. And uh, the thing is, is, is this is how I look at this. Obama thought Hillary was going to succeed, you know, follow him into office. They, they thought that was going to be the order. But just in case, we better cover our you-know-what in Ukraine. And that's what that conference, it was a week-long conference. It was a Monday through Friday. Uh, and that's what that was about, Paul. It was about CYA, about what they were up to in Ukraine. But anyway, let's move away from that corruption. I want to come back to the Liz Harris situation. Have you had time to look at Liz's situation and what's happened and what she stands for? Uh, yeah, I, and of course I'm very familiar with the hearing uh, that was uh, put on that day uh, with, I can't remember, uh, Brecker, I think her last name um, was? Brecker, yeah, Jacqueline Brecker, right. yeah, of the uh, Thaler Harris Law Firm. Right, and uh, you know, I'm very familiar with that now. I bought his book, actually, one of the the Collapse of California, which was printed in 1996, and it's very, very accurate, I might add. Um, <clears throat> but, I, yeah, I I purchased that book, and I, I, I watched this. I, I basically made everybody in New California watch it uh, because there's a lot of the same things that go on here. In fact, they, they, she said that much of this was really the offshoot of California. It had already been happening out here. We, are, we had just gotten involved. Um, in a situation in one of our counties where um, two days before this event, uh, we got a call from a, a couple that wanted help. Now, we get calls as New California people thinking, can New California help us because the state's not, right? And uh, so this couple called. They had had they had a property. It's, a, it's worth about half a million dollars, and it's in a nice, it's a nice property, nice neighborhood, nice everything. And they had paid the thing completely off. Uh, they didn't know anything. All of a sudden, they get a knock at the door one day, and it's the sheriff saying, here's your eviction notice. And they go, what? Why? Because you've missed your payments. You know, we've been trying to get a hold. They've been trying to get a hold of you for six months, and you've missed your payments. And so now you're being evicted. And they go, well, we own this property. Well, not according to this. And that, that what it, it happened was somebody had gone down and filed a loan against the property, and they didn't know about it. Because the, the 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 clerk recorder doesn't have any responsibility to tell the the homeowner, and so uh, there was a loan there, and there was no payment on the loan because the person didn't know about the loan, and so six months later they put up in foreclosure, they run the foreclosure sale, and somebody bought it, and uh, so they, they were just stunned. Well, they, they left the house. They should never have left the house. Of course, they called us too late, but uh, they left the house, and the the story is, of course, that. Um, the real estate broker picked up the property for like nothing, like $10 or something. And uh, he wasn't even a broker. But he put it on the market and sold it. And he sold it to somebody for about half a million dollars. And, uh, of course, now another person is living in the house. Just exactly like, you know, Brecker had said. Um, it's exactly the same sort of thing. And then we started getting other calls. We had gotten some other calls. We hadn't quite figured out what was going on, but they were along the same lines. And then all of a sudden, we started auto-dotting all this and saying, oh, my God, this is here. The Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for MyPillow. For example, they've got half off MyPillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. They have extremely great products, as you all know. 
Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. And, uh, of course, uh, it's all run by the cartels. It's the same cartel situation as what we have, what you have out there and what she described, identical out here in California. Wow. So all i got to say is, wow, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, and, uh, I think that um, when I thought what a great service that was that she got up and spoke, and I guess there's now been this big brouhaha about Liz Harris. You know, I kept wondering, you know, because I've been on these committees before, and I've I've held, uh, we've chaired committee hearings uh, uh, here in New California State, and the person who moderates, of course, the the head of the, uh, the chair should always uh, be aware of who the guests are, unless they're just doing an open call and you can anybody has an opinion. But in this particular case, she was brought in as a witness, invited. Liz Harris had invited her, but that has to come from the chair. I don't know why they didn't shut this woman down to begin with. I'm glad they didn't. But um, if I would have been there, uh, uh, to me, there's a lot of personal stuff that shouldn't have been out there. But that's the responsibility of the chair. And I kept telling myself, why is this chair allowing this to happen? So how is it how is it that Liz gets expelled from the legislature and the chair allowed this to go on and no no ramifications there? Liz had every right to to do that. It should have been. And in fact, some of these guys, if you watch the hearing, some of these guys started to figure out maybe we shouldn't be hearing this. <laughs> some of the stuff, but you I know, heard that. the chair the chair should have come in. And at times when there were things that were inappropriate, told her to stop and say, can you say that differently because that's, you know, going overboard and there's too much, you know, information or it's too confidential for this hearing because it's a public hearing. Can you rearrange it? Can you say something different? Correct her. But to allow it to go on like that, to me, I, I think they were, uh, it was a trap, I think, for Liz Harrison. Oh, were, my goodness. Um I've got to be careful what I say here, and I'm going to let Liz fully tell the story. But Liz knows that there were statements made about her prior to the swearing-in that if she dares to bring up uh, voter integrity issues, they're going to expel her. She knows this. I know a little detail. I don't know a lot of detail, but I'm going to let Liz tell that story when she comes on my show because I don't want to speak for her and get it wrong. But that's really interesting. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You have, I mean, first of all, the chair, Liz says, I want this person to speak. The chair has the right to say yay or nay. And then when it starts to go sideways in the opinion of the chair, they can shut it down. And it's so egregious, they kick Liz out of the House of Representatives, but nothing happens to the chair who let it go on. Right. (laughs) Okay, I think I got it, Paul. First of all, it has nothing to do with Liz. It is the chair's fault. The chair, if, if it, or, or just let it stand. You know, just let it stand. And uh, that's what they did. They just let it stand. That's on them. That's not on Liz. Yeah, so Mr. Chair, let it go on, and then we yeah. got Liz. That's right. Yeah. That has nothing to do with Liz. Liz just brought her, or she brought her witness forward. That's what witnesses do. That You have to correct the witness. You hear this all the time when you, when, uh, just watch the congressional hearings. There's always an admonish, admonishment of a witness, uh, always, and uh, they're 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 given strict parameters. Oftentimes, even before they speak, you know, they're invited to put in a written statement. The whole thing was kind of bungled badly, I think, by the chair and by that committee. That's that's my. I don't um, think it not, was bungled. I think it was a plot. The way you're well, describing it. The chair, the chair knew what their responsibility was, and if you go after Liz, you damn well got to go after the chair. That's right, and you know some of those, some of those. Um, if you go back and look at the final part of the, you can hear those guys talking. At least two of those senators were not happy with what they were hearing, and they were saying maybe we should not hear this right now. And this, this is, and they were right. I mean, if I, I in my opinion, as I was listening. To the witness, I would have corrected her numerous times, and maybe the first time would have been enough for her to, you know, leave out some language. Some language. I wouldn't say all of it, but that should have happened, and that didn't happen. 
And that's not Liz's fault. I didn't see Liz chairing the meeting. Did you? No. No, in fact, uh, she was fairly silent. Um, and that's been my point here all along when I've talked about this publicly. I said, I watched that hearing. I said, uh, you're killing one of the messengers sitting on a committee as opposed to going after uh, the fact that they let this go on. They have no one to blame but themselves. And I didn't make that connection about the chair, but I know Liz wasn't the chair. So that's interesting. Congratulations for pulling that together. You're exactly right. Um, now, I, I want to make sure that everyone understands this. Two days, uh, Liz had the hearing Saturday night. Yes, Saturday night. She was interviewed on Zoom by the Maricopa County uh, voters. And uh, I have Liz texted me the, um, the findings, and they vilified the legislature. Disenfranchisement of voters, 43,000 voters in Legislative District 13. Uh, and there were some real implications there they didn't touch, but they stopped just short of getting into due process issues and so forth. Um, and being bullied by the Democrats, and yet when the shoe's on the other foot, the Democrats come in and criticize the Republicans in, in, in really an unsavory way. Nothing happens to them. Uh, but, you know, here's what this exposed. Uh, there were 18 Republicans that voted against Liz, and all I'm going to say are two names here, Bill Gates and Stephen Reischer. Now, they're not members of the legislature. Bill Gates, at the time of the election, in which in Maricopa County, 60%, 61%, excuse me, of the Republican area voting machines went down. And, uh, by the way, Paul, they've now issued a statement that said, oh, they figured out how it happened. Uh, the paper they were using was too heavy, and it jammed up the printers. And I'm thinking, oh, you're telling me the Democrats in the same county didn't use the same paper? And, uh, and also, too, they're required by state law to test the machines the day before. So were they lying when they said they tested the machines, or are they lying after the fact? And this, by the way, this revelation came out one day before Liz's expulsion. So they carefully timed this to try to sway public opinion. That's really clear. But it's just fascinating. Uh, I'm so glad you made that connection here because... I'm going to make a paper connection. Yeah. Uh, that runs your, runs your ballots. Uh, but I understand. Runberg, you're talking about Run, Runberg, I believe it is. Run back. Run back. Yeah, that's it. Yes. Run back. Uh, they're over by the airport, and there's another company right around the street from them. They also print paper for your ballots, and they're a reclamation paper company. Which company did those ballots come from? Oh my gosh, I know you're right. Well, I can tell you this, and I'm not going to name my source yet. That source may speak out on this, so I'm not going to take their thunder, but. With regard to the ballots and everything, there have been three untimely deaths around the time of the election and immediately after. I'm telling you, I know this for a fact. And I know who told me. I know how they found out. I'm just not going to steal their thunder because I think this is time release. But I'm just telling you, it's interesting you say that. There's already been controversy. I made this point, Paul. That, you know, my sister-in-law got caught up in this fraud. She tried to go vote at one center, and uh, they couldn't print the ballots and so forth. And a lot of people went to the second center, and they were told, you're already registered. You voted. Get out of here. No, I didn't. There was a failure in the machines, and they wouldn't let a lot of these people vote by design in Republican areas. That's right. And so what, what ended up happening, though, with all this is that the... Um, they I said this, I said, how does 61% of the voting machines in primarily GOP neighborhoods, how do they fail because they're not centrally connected? And you just answered the question. It's the paper that centrally connected them. That's right. Good job, Paul. Right. No, well, there's a, you know, there's, with me in that story, there's always something else to come. Oh, my. Well, I can't wait to talk. Liz Harris and I are supposed to speak tonight in advance of our um, presentation. This Wednesday, April 19th, at uh, 43rd Avenue in Bell. And, yes, I will have security. And um, it's at the IHOP there. And uh, I think we start at doors open at 6. And I think the presentation starts at 7. And Liz and I are working on coordinating our um, our response to this. So if you're in Arizona and you want to see us both speak, 
about how corrupt our elections are, well, then that's where you want to be. Uh, this, boy, I'll tell you, Paul, I'm glad we had this talk. That, that I'm sure this rings a note with you when I tell you I was told three people died on timely deaths. Private airplane crashed, motorcycle accident, single yep. motorcycle accident, and I can't remember the third incident. But, but uh, three people, uh, untimely deaths. That's uh, that's uh, that's the world we live in today. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, that's amazing. All right, so let me ask you a question here, because um, I-, I want New Arizona to start. So I want to ask a question about New California. Let's assume that the Democrats, through hook and crook and uh, voting machines and stuffing ballot boxes, maintains control of the president the presidency. And you still have rhino Republicans infecting the Senate, because effectively the Senate's 69% Democrat when you factor in the number of rhinos. I went and counted it. So it's 69 to 31. So let's say they keep control of those two bodies. How do you become a state without their permission? In, in, you're talking about if there's, um, first of all, that we're a statewide, we're past the state. We, uh, of course, uh, did not ask permission from the state, uh, which is they say is required that you get permission. The problem is, is that we have a state government that has left us, very similar to what happened with Virginia and West Virginia. When West Virginia, or when Virginia, became part of the Confederacy, they they stepped away from their constitutional responsibilities as go- uh, government officials, being um, directed by we the people. They became traitors. And so what was the response by West Virginia? Well, they went to Congress, and Congress said, you still have to satisfy Article 4, Section 3 of the Constitution. Now, what that meant and what they did is they decided, well, we're going to form a restored government of Virginia. And because we, the people of Virginia, were still there, as in the form of West Virginia, so they they restored it and created a restored, reorganized government of Virginia. We did the same in California. We did this shortly right after our convention in January, and uh, we approved these resolutions that went forward. They're now going forward to Congress uh, as the restored government of California. So technically right now in California, there's two governments. There's a restored reorganizing government of California, and which is the old government, symbolic of the old government, and uh, being guided by the 1849 Constitution. That was the first thing that we resolved to do. And then the next thing is, is that we've moved on to Congress. So you have New California State, which is now moving on to Congress for approval, and uh, which, like I said, we, we expect that that's going to be happening in at least 12 to 14 months for sure. When you say the Congress, so that, let me ask you, are you talking about both houses or just the House of Representatives? Right now, just the House of Representatives, but it will be the Senate. We're already There's a process. We have to start with the House of Representatives. So we've started that process. And then the next thing will be getting authorization from, of course, the Senate. Authorization from the, from the House of Representatives and then the Senate. And then the President has to sign a proclamation granting statehood. The process only involves the legislative branch. It does not involve the executive branch. And the, the situation, we think, is perfect at this point for a state to be developed. Uh, we think that this is a um, some of the gifts that are happening around us. McConnell is going to be stepping down. We really believe that. Um, I think you're going to find Federer and other people are going to be stepping aside. You're actually going to find Feinstein stepping aside and perhaps uh, Gavin Newsom taking her place, uh, which would be kind of interesting. But I think you're going to get, on the other side, on the Democrat side, at least five people that are going to vote for New California, at least five people. And I can tell you there's one. We've already visited her office. So she, uh, you would not believe who this she is. Is it a Democrat? <laughs> Democrat, right? You would, and this Democrat is all for Cal- New California. Why? I, Why I are they for it? Because they realize the situation economically. It's plain and simple. It's the economics of it. Because California represents the hope in the future for a better economy for the entire nation. And right now the nation is spiraling out of control economically. Every, you know, the whole debt situation in California is completely bankrupt. Um, and I mean, more thoroughly now than ever before, its cash receipts have, they dropped 41% in their April 
tax receipt or the March tax tax receipts, Dave, 41%. But that doesn't even measure up to the other, you know, 60-some percent over the, over the last two years. They, they've pushed about every every business out of California to the point where there's no more taxes coming in. And they have a debt load of, of almost, you know, $200 billion every year. They, they can't suffice and make it. And uh, so it's going to cause, obviously, uh, great consternation. They're not going to get a bailout. Um, they got a bailout the first time. They're not going to get one. The federal government doesn't have any money or any room to make a bailout and won't have for a long time, probably 10 years. So this bailout um, of California would be substantial uh, just uh, over year over year. Uh, the first uh, part of it would be $50 billion next year. That comes down to $40 billion the year after that. that. You know, it just it does not make any sense to go on with this type of a communist organization uh, a failure, failed Republican or republic, which is a democracy, and I keep telling everybody, how's that democracy working out in California? <laughs> you know, it's a it's a dictatorship, is what it is. So this this uh, is one of the main reasons, and I'm really um, I'm absolutely shocked when our person went into the office and had a great conversation with this person, and. Um, was stunned to see whether they really want to see it happen. <laughs> like I said, they called me. I said, you got to be kidding me. So um, if we've got one of those kind, I'm only leaving it up to your imagination who this woman is, um, then uh, I'm sure we're going to get five or six other ones. I'm almost positive of it. You're talking like this person like they're a household name. They are. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm hearing, and 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 I understand why discretion is important here. So I'm not pushing the point to say tell us, tell us. Anyway, um, I think that's really interesting. Um, but there's something else you're doing. There's two other points I want to cover before we go. Arizona is a new state, having a 52nd state, and uh, but the first thing I want to talk about here is the leverage that you're imposing here. If I were Gavin Newsom. And some of these uh, uppity Democrats that are destroying California that control your legislative branch, I would want you gone because you're now going around to counties where officials have engaged in wrongdoing and using a process called the affidavit process to expose their criminality and they're resigning before they have to be investigated. You want to talk about that for a minute? Oh, sure. Yeah, we started doing this. Uh, the first time we presented them was in 2021. In fact, June 1st, we presented declarations uh, or affidavits. A, a de- there's a diff- the fundamental difference between a declaration and an affidavit is an affidavit is a sworn statement in front of a, um, uh, what are they, uh, not a county clerk, but a, when you sign escrow papers, who do you sign it for? Notary, a notary. You don't need a notary to do a declaration, although it has the same force in law. It's just a little bit different way you write them. It makes it a little bit easier. So declarations and affidavits, we started pushing those uh, primarily at the at the recorders because we believe that there has been um, RICO violations, especially RICO involving the county clerk recorders with the um, Secretary of State and also the Governor and the Attorney General of California, both uh, with Jerry Brown and with Gavin Newsom. And uh, so, but the county clerk recorders have been the ones that have been most responsible. So we um, signed about a hundred, about 120 declarations uh, for the county clerk recorder of San Luis Obispo. He was the first one we did it for, and um, we put in. Uh, there were two varieties. One was a general variety of uh, complaint about his oath of office, and the other one was specific to his job duty. And uh, it was interesting because uh, we put in the actual information that we had from our people that have done the algorithms and know the exact amounts for every county, whether the way the vote worked. And so we accused him of violating his oath of office and also of voter fraud. And it was interesting because uh, as soon as he received them, now the idea is that you present those to the government official. It's a form of grievance. It's basically the last thing that you can do in terms of a grievance. You can do um, public grievances, and then you can do private grievances against public officials, and that's what we're doing with these. Um, but when we presented this individual, Tom Long was his name, San Luis Obispo County, uh, he resigned in three days. Yeah, I'm aware of that case. Um, he, he resigned in three days, and so amazing. we felt... Howard, and so we started going after school board members, 
uh, principals, assistant superintendents, all kinds of county supervisors up in Shasta, of course. Um, we put uh, declarations and affidavits in the hands of the county clerk reporter and uh, five or four of the, uh, excuse me, five of the county supervisors and other people. And so far, we've had uh, eight people resign or leave or not run. And of that eight, we had one recall, a county supervisor who was recalled, and the other three left voluntarily. They left with uh, out running for office again. So this has been huge. We've had several school districts in which board members have openly resigned after being delivered these documents, uh, being accused of felonies and so on like that. Um, it's we so far we have about fifty thousand of these out in about various counties. Of course, we're a large state. You know, we have fifty-eight counties that we're operating in, so um, it's very very effective. And then. We had, of course, uh, replacement members of the San Luis, or excuse me, of Shasta County uh, come on board in this last election, and three to two they voted to kick out Dominion. Oh, so it, what a victory that is! Because they, Dominion brings every pressure to bear to stay in a county. That's that's right, yeah. and you know, see what's happening with Dominion is they're being found out. You know, they're all being found out about yeah. what, and uh, more and more people aren't believing them. And how this whole election fraud goes well, on. More and more people aren't believing anything about the government. Okay, uh, right. I appreciate you explaining that, and I, I want to take this and, and selfishly turn this into Arizona. Um, we only got about three minutes left, so we got to be concise. But Paul, I want you to talk about a possibility of a new Arizona movement, and realize that Dave Hodges wants to be very much a part of it, because the first person I want to deliver an affidavit to is the head of the committee of which Jacqueline Brager testified to, so we can get to the bottom of what happened there, because I think it's a setup yep. and it's an interference in the in uh, uh, Liz's status as a member of the House. It's, politi- right. it's political interference, and we're going to start. I want to start with that person. And by the way, too, just real quickly here, uh, in the in the Breaker report, they have uh, evidence of fake mortgage companies used, and the signatures have been tied to two women that have Sinaloa cartel connections. And this was already adjudicated in part in the Southern District of New York. So if we think the Breaker report's full of crap, uh, folks, some of it's already been through the judicial system. Right. Okay. So Paul, tell me about New Arizona. We got three minutes the new arizona uh we started up with this because i was very frustrated with what i was seeing out there with carrie lake and the voting and all this it's just like california the one thing is that um we had contacted several people out there about doing declarations they contacted us and they kind of fell apart on on they were because there's just so many things going on and i totally understand now people have kind of backed off and said what is the methodology they're using in california to get so much success and now they're uh, paying attention. So we started getting more, more and more feelers from people about New Arizona because they want to, you know, they can see it. Uh, I think I've sent you some charts you can take a look when at. When did you send those, Paul? I just sent them just before airtime. Okay, here. good, good. If you take a look at them, you can see that, it, that Arizona is prime, prime um, to have a, a new state. And uh, you'll have, um, the, pretty much you'll have Phoenix left out and you'll have a uh, uh, Tucson left out, but everywhere else where you have Republicans. And by the way, your voting system is, is just equally as corrupt as everybody else because you have electronic voting. Uh, we've run the numbers based upon the, the hard ballot numbers. And Arizona is a deeply red state. Carrie Lake won her election hands down, not even close. Um, you know, just take a look at the ballot and how that old ballot thing worked out. It was a joke. But my point is, is that Arizona state, Arizona, new Arizona is on the roll. Uh, we're putting up the website this week. We have people that have already signed up. And, Dave, we really would welcome your participation in it because this is going to send a real strong message to the rest of the nation. Not only is it California, not only is it New Arizona, or excuse me, uh, New Nevada, but it's also New Illinois. Now it's New Arizona. And uh, for obvious reasons, because it will correct that problem. Um, we're seeing it correct itself right now, and uh, we think that we're going to get more counties at least four more counties are going to drop Dominion. And that's going to happen real soon. You're going to start to see that. So everybody's going to go back to paper ballots, one-day voting, no 29 days before the election, no 27 days after the election. I think it's shorter for you. It's different 
number in, in Arizona, but why do you need so many days after the election? Well, I'll tell you why. It's to finish off the fraud. Exactly. I mean, how many elections have there been? And I cited these uh, in a recent interview with Doug Thornton. Uh, you go to bed, and the Republican is ahead, and you wake up, and, uh, and they found ballots in the middle of the night to steal the election. Right. And, uh, you know, we called that on DeSantis when DeSantis was running for governor. Um, we saw that very thing happening. What they were doing is ballot harvesting in in, uh, in Florida at the time. And we had a situation where they described it at a conference here. And that, in fact, it was the Commonwealth Club in San Francisco. We got the video of this. I sent the video to people, to certain people, who then pointed it out to DeSantis. You know what they did is they stopped the, those ballots from coming in to the counting centers in DeSantis. Um, that's how it's, that's how, Paul, how we got we are out of time I'm sorry we're going to have you back on because this is too important but uh, the reality is uh, please put the people in New Arizona in contact me there and we'll devote all our resources here to this uh, I know Liz has a little interest in this and I don't know the degree but I'm going to bring that to her attention when I talk to her later tonight but Paul thanks for coming on my friend uh, very very informed this was a great hour thanks for coming on thanks Dave take care we at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.